his demons ghosts outside screaming you can run but you can't hide you can't scare me i'm already dead inside we love when you lose and then find your keys Nicki Minaj's and Cardi B's The feeling of a solid sneeze Clam juice freshly squeezed Oh yeah, no <laughs> But most of all we love these Horror anthologies How many movies is in this one? Are in this one? <laughs> Five. <laughs> yeah, there are. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode. You want to say that? <laughs> yeah, it's your turn, right? Did uh, I do it last time? Uh, didn't matter. Welcome, guys, to another episode of the Tex Chris and Dave Saw Massacre. Here with your two favorite hosts, me, David Stonebra. And me, Chris Stonebra. We're married. Mm-hmm. A cue wedding music. I don't have that sound clip. I can't have all the sound clips ready. Well, that's, that's kind of the deal here, Chris. All right, today we're doing one that has been user suggested. We've been kicking it around for a long time, and we're finally watching it. It's called a creep show. Creep show, yeah. I mean, Stephen King wrote the screenplay. Mm-hmm. Wrote all five shorts himself. It's pretty it, legendary. It was all five. Yeah, he wrote every single one. Okay, cool. And uh, does he star in one? Yeah, apparently he does. Yeah, he does. and I've seen that frame a lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, once Stephen King's face is but, but, so definitively Stephen King's face. Yeah, but particularly involved with something. And you don't know what I'm talking about, I do you? I don't. Okay, no. that's fine. I don't think it's a spoiler at all, but it's just, it's one image that I've seen a lot of. Oh, okay. There's actually a couple from Creepshow that mm-hmm. I'm sure are spoilers, which is just something you have to navigate as a horror fan. Yeah. For all those ones that you haven't watched, you've probably seen images or GIFs from. Totally. And going back to the 80s as well. Like, yeah. It's just... Per- proliferated at this point absolutely it's amazing that we've been able to get away without spoilers on some of the ones we have mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah like i mean we uh recently did uh candy man mm-hmm. which was just the the best that i hadn't i didn't really know anything about it which yeah. was somewhat anomalous it's a great way to get great way to go into it yeah super rare way to go into those movies too mm-hmm. but uh i don't know too much about this one either so this one was a success came out in 1982 had an eight million dollar budget which is a lot of money but it's a ton of money it's a ton of money but you've got romero what did he have out at this time was dawn out by 1982 mm. yeah yeah because night of the living dead was 68 and then dawn was 10 years after yeah okay yeah, and right. maybe even day but or is that 84 no maybe you might be right maybe like, i don't think he would have waited either six way years. he was super super successful this time yeah and then, romero was a household name yeah so to have him directing all the shorts all five shorts and yeah. all written by stephen king i mean that's kind of unique we haven't seen an anthology like that yet no not at all that's that's incredibly unique and, yeah and and that that combination results in having a big massive budget is also a big win you know oh for God, yeah you know the potential success of this and like looking at um reviews it's sitting in what i would describe as you know the normal realm of liked you know at like um between like 69 and 70 percent nice one percent <laughs> difference that's what i get <laughs> 69 and 70 degree of difference of <laughs> divergence i'm at 59 and 70 but yeah uh, so. yeah i mean everyone's gonna check this out and was it 
based on an actual comic book? I think a comic book was based on it. Okay. Yeah. Comic book came after. Yeah. And then a couple sequels. Yeah. A couple sequels. In 1987, that one got a wide release as well. Mm -hmm. That was shown in theaters. And And that that was also Stephen King. Well, it was also Romero directed Uh it, but Lucille Fletcher adapted short stories by Stephen King. So oh, I see. Yeah, so you're already so, getting a few degrees away from what made the first yeah. one so good. You might de- describe that person as the writer. Yeah, yeah. and I, I wonder his thoughts on that because Stephen King is very opinionated on his own movies getting adapted, as we know. Yeah. Uh, right. There's a there's an entire spectrum from Gerald's Game, which he approves of and loves, to mm-hmm. The Shining at the other end. Right. Stanley yeah. Kubrick's Shining, <laughs> uh, to which he, he wrote his not. own script. Yeah and made had another he's like i can do better than that he sure tried (laughs) (laughs) and then 2006 one came straight to video and that's not stephen king or romero no that's their own they tried and they did not yeah so this this follows that classic trajectory of a horror franchise yes in terms of just plummeting downwards yeah a really good one a passable second one Mm -hmm. and then just like squeezing the rag for any goo you can get out of it after that but Gregory Nicotero, who directs some episodes of The Walking Dead, mm. he's been in that family the famously for a long time. successful, lost more than half the audience. Walking Dead, I think you mean. Uh, oh, as a whole, that series. Are I you, think. Are like we blaming between, Greg for that in particular? I think between like the current and previous season, they're like half the viewership dropped off. And is that all? His, is that all his fault specifically, or you're just saying the show oh, as a whole? Just, just the show as a whole. Gotcha. So all people right. know what show you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. because it's becoming obscure. It sure is. It's, it sure seems to be taking in value. Uh, I got off that train a long time ago already. I'm gonna get back on because Rick's. Uh, got one more episode left so you got to see what happens i gotta see what they do to them are you gonna catch up or just hop back in i'm gonna catch up nice yeah report back i will the walking dead report with yeah. david sombra is it that's what it's called the new walking segments dead? we gotta redo that survey right yeah guys do the survey or did the survey <laughs> it's over um he he is gonna direct the pilot and then different directors are gonna do it's gonna be like an anthology tv show for shutter okay the creep show cool yeah, with him at the helm. So I was hoping you'd say like, oh yeah, he was instrumental in the development of the series in the first couple seasons. Maybe he was. We'll see. Hopefully. I feel like I mean, he must have been if he's given something like this, right? Yeah. Um, another way to look at it though is despite like the drop off of Walking Dead's audience, it still has a massive audience. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's still one of those like huge shows even despite the right. trajectory that's very fair you gotta you gotta remember that sometimes when you're like hey this is showing signs of like lost interest but still has way more interest than Sign- most yeah. shows signs of lost interest still means millions of viewers yeah, exactly weekly. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah that's they're crazy. not like losing money it's crazy to disparage something like that for those reasons <laughs> but at the same time i think they're probably spending a fuck ton of money on that show yeah. still regardless i think so yeah because mm-hmm. they, they had to actually like wipe out the population of people and in the in the south it's crazy the war crimes that they got away with making the show just for entertainment yeah because people kept walking onto the set it's supposed <laughs> to be the apocalypse so there was a sign <laughs> if you are within three miles of the set it's fair game uh andrew lincoln was walking around with real rounds yeah <laughs> blast anyone he could see oh yeah that's why that's why he's gotta he's gotta get out of there it's too much you totally keep killing that many people without any 
yeah he's psychological side effects in his like um he issued like an emotional like parting statement yeah about like how, how proud he's been to do walking dead and what he's done and all this stuff and one of those things he said like i i think i've killed over 400 zombies on screen oh wow yeah that's pretty remarkable isn't it not many people can say that i, I agree yeah i think he's kind of top of the list yeah especially for individual killing like not mm-hmm. using like any kind of mass weapon yeah to do it but just for one by one yeah. killing zombies over time he might be at the top i think so right because you have like world War Z. if you drop a bomb on a bunch that doesn't count if you totally not, no. if you've got some kind of a automatic weapon that you're yeah. just firing into it no that doesn't count i want like hand-to-hand combat yeah you've killed maybe them. short range gunfire yeah 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 if you shoot one in the head with one shot you mm-hmm. know in a situation where there are others that are surrounding you that's another kill rick's gotta be up there yeah oh dude he's near the top and cool. then there's all the people that he's killed as well god yeah because yeah, he has killed a lot of alive people too right <laughs> <laughs> but the ratio is is undeniably skewed towards zombies i'd say from my first four seasons of watching does he go on a human killing spree in the later seasons like that's like me and jody's biggest complaint about the show is that it becomes like just the war between the human factions oh shit so the zombies just fade right into the background like they come up of course like oh the fence like they sabotage yeah. the fence so <laughs> that, in it's the always chaos, a fence it's some shit like that yeah but like the fact that you're living in a zombie world people like dying in the night and waking up that's apparently only a problem in like the prison season once that happens once not a fucking plague on humanity for the rest of existence that yeah. every time somebody like has an asthma attack or something in the night or whatever they don't just bite the three people next to them like the zombie infection should constantly be a, a, a fear that's true constantly people should be getting bitten and staying alive so that the viewer is reminded of the that transformation watching that the zombie show yeah and that these people um are not going to want to kill off this person because they're all they've got their relationships and whatnot so it poses a real threat just the fact that somebody could die in the presence of of their loved ones right that's um, just gone that just doesn't exist in the show anymore does it not somewhat follow from the logic of it being uh, like nine years or ten years into the apocalypse like wouldn't most bodies just cease to move around at that point most no, zombies uh, uh, no what i'm saying is um that like the everyone has the virus yes, or whatever yes, so yes, i see if you were just to die in the night oh, for random you will there's become no doctors zombie, yeah. right you're going to become a zombie you're probably sleeping with you know in a community with other people yeah you know that but that as a plot device is removed so that they can focus on these like human rivalries which is is fun when you know there's also the zombie undertones but it just doesn't exist right that's too bad yeah that was the that was the season that i was most interested the prison and then the governor over in the other camp that was like the most tense and the most effective i found the show i agree and uh, there's moments outside of that and fear the walking dead is fun but yeah yeah you know what else is exciting about creep show what else is exciting about creep show we were a little nostalgic last week i think for slash of september and i know why tom savini's back on the makeup yes hell yeah dude yes and he plays a role yeah, of course he does. <laughs> of course role. he does. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's other gonna, there's going to be other cameos sprinkled in here. Maybe we can catch a few. We'll see some. We'll see some folks. Yeah, but I mean Tom Savini. Come on, this is 1982 Tom Savini. So this might be the most current Tom Savini we've seen, right? Prow- or was Prowler the same year? Is Prowler 80? I think Prowler is a little later. Is it later? Oh, you're right. I think that's like 87 or something. But it's Maniac, definitely later. Maniac is in 1980. Yes, so that would have been a couple years before this. Mm-hmm. But he, I mean, 
we're giving Tom Savini an $8 million budget. I don't think any of those other projects we've seen, right. he has that kind of wiggle room. I didn't think about that. So I'm just, very excited to see what he does with that. I, I remember thinking like, he'll just use old food from the fridge to make the best <laughs> effect ever. I yeah, never well, thought about giving him money. Well, remember even maniac, like the main effect was like, Oh, I actually have this head of myself yeah. back home that I could probably use. That'll be fun. I'll pack yeah. it up with dog food or whatever he put in there. Yeah. Let's just shoot it. It's, yeah. It's old it's like scraps of food. No, he's for sure got a budget in this movie. Holy shit. This is going to be awesome. Hell yeah, dude and uh yeah there's and we're not just going to be witnessing the same type of of things well because we're inside of an anthology this time yeah get you're getting bored by this movie oh wait seven minutes we got another one for you (laughs) awesome no problem it's gonna be great but first what did you watch for scare and tell this week dave i watched words on uh, pages i'm gonna talk um finally about oh book time book time i'm gonna talk about reading stephen king's the stand excellent you yeah. finished it yes yeah, so i finished it a little while ago but i mean it was like shortly after we did a big string of stephen king um things and i talked about it mm-hmm. you know so i missed kind of the stephen king run so now a little bit we're back to it, it seemed like an appropriate time to talk about yeah, my you, experience you got through it last year and you moved on to the, um, the next big stephen king tome yeah which is about the same size probably both of the thousand pages ish uh it's yeah it's a little more than that i think it this is the um stephen king's uh expanded like i don't know what you want to call it not a director's cut the book version of that um but yeah that's oh that there's some more extra sequences and yeah um inclusions of like character development like added chapters were they added as appendix or no no they were inserted throughout the story inserted as basically not you maniac (laughs) you're like this this thousand page book isn't long enough give me the extended edition yeah well i mean i'm so glad i did because i I then read about some of the things that weren't included in like what the original other other versions yeah of, of the stand um and i definitely wanted to you know read about a character the kid like has there's this insane character you hear that original editor of the stand you (laughs) fucked up that should have been in there yeah but i mean i I get why it wasn't it's not incredibly palatable and that's just stephen king it's fucking (laughs) make you feel so goddamn uncomfortable what do you mean you have another 1200 page book for me you you just finished it last week yeah how did you do this in one week can we take out the part you're like your 200 page little story that attaches to nothing about the guy eating his own liver can we just said i could write 1100 pages yeah i was fucked up on coke (laughs) i like the guy eating his liver it's like yeah well the readers won't um the stand was adapted by mick garris the mm -hmm. director yes who also Whose directed hair you this, tried to get me to find it's very chair. close yeah yeah <laughs> those are intimate details of <laughs> texas they saw behind the scene uh he also directed the shining adaptation that we were alluding to earlier the one that stephen king himself wrote right okay so they also have a long relationship of uh, yeah, projects being adapted by the stand has uh, holds some kind of record for like people watching i think it was like the most yeah, like most live watched, watched mini series yeah so no mini series has yet topped because i mean again early 90s we still are you know limited to a couple dozen networks Mm -hmm. so when one has kind of a big event millions of people tuned in and it was i want to i'm probably way off on the number but i want to say it was well over 10 million people that tuned in i think so to watch this miniseries and even what we you know accolade today as the best miniseries aren't getting those kind of numbers no no not at all yeah that's it was a, a rare time you know just a rare combination of factors that resulted in 
yeah. in the stand doing incredibly well. And having read the book, do you see why like this this easily could be a miniseries? You could easily stretch this across. Dude, a number I could of see. Episodes? I could see why this would have been like the original like Walking Dead. Like you'd just be so fascinating, so fascinated in the turn of their world, right? And the fact that the books are broken down into like the virus that wipes out humanity, and then what happens post. Like wow. it's split up like that. I talked a little bit about, you know, so there's like a thick kind of yeah, there's dividing like a, point in the novel. There's a book two and a book three. Um, and book three basically is just the conclusion to book two. They should be the same book. Um, but <laughs> minor note again, editor. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, in the first book, you, there's this crazy flu strain that people are, you know, experimenting on and, um, you're there with the, the very um, beginning of the book is this guy like taking off out of the the facility like because there's like a 10 or 30 second delay on like the system shutting down the whole facility so he realizes that the thing got out and he's gonna get locked in and he just takes off he peels out of there everyone else gets locked in everyone's dead but he makes it he makes it out and then thereby spreads fucks it. yeah over the world and yeah Stephen King even does a great little like he, there's a chapter in the book where you know, this, um, he asked this guy for direction. And so this guy now goes home or goes to his job where he works with this person. And this person flies to New York cause they're having their mother's birthday. And their mother is actually the next day going to her, her gospel thing. That's on a bus to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And it, he like goes one for one, how it spreads all around like the world. Wait, what like, year was this written? Hmm. Like before or after Michael Crichton's outbreak? I think, I'm not totally sure. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure what the year is. We can huh. look this up easily enough, but somehow. Um but so then as always with Stephen King, after like, you know, everybody's been wiped out and most characters who have been in some kind of circumstance have been re- reduced to loneliness and they're just by themselves and nobody really knows if there's one other person alive. And then the combinations of people as they meet up are so interesting. Mm-hmm. Like um a develop de- developmentally challenged guy named Tom who can't read and a deaf mute um who named nick who can't write on his little notepad so that tom understands so they can't communicate wow even though they're like the only two people who have interacted at all so how they begin to interact and how that will later affect the story yeah you know how important these characters become is is crazy and just like all stephen king stuff um that i've been into so far is it starts with you know a, a somewhat innocuous event that turns into this massive um light versus dark you know huge concept bullshit and so basically after this happens people slowly filter to one of two camps you know the east and the west the good like the good mother abigail and then the evil dark man they're like calling people to two separate sides and then the winter is going to roll in and separate them with the rockies does that tie into dark tower yes isn't so this book is somewhat related to that storyline as well yeah just like it they all tie into the dark tower or the dark tower is the point in the universe where other stephen king stories um coalesce coalesce yeah i think that's how it works dark tower is like the the linchpin story interesting um and yeah so these two forces and yes that's the exact same randall flag is the dark man and he's a character a reoccurring character in many stephen king stories is the antagonist right um and so he has like similar powers like it's a universe right he has similar powers from story to story and um it, it the way it's written is just so poetic and magical but naturally gross and terrifying and the i don't know i could i could gush about it for hours and hours but it was a page turner all the way through totally it just 
can't can't describe how well these characters are established and you right. know, the decisions that they make are just so heavy. It's the best, and it, um, it reminded me a lot of Last Man on Earth because I was re- watching that at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And it's things like there's no doctors. You know what's going to happen to the pregnant women? Uh, an appendix stuff that like straight a up lot happens. Of similar problems. Like, the appendix thing that happens in Last Man on Earth happens in. Um, the stand or happened first in the stand and it's right. basically the exact same circumstance and yeah and it's i'd love for you to watch this miniseries and report back on i think i will you think it does a good job or i think i will just because i want to be back in that world because right. it's just so good you know it's just so rich and compelling to see what they're going to do next because there's always this undertone of there's this great destiny and you have choice whether or not to give in or to or to fight it you know, and watching these characters get to that place in this crazy world of super, superpowers. It's just weird. It's so good. That's awesome, man. And that's very ambitious to take on those oh. giant tomes. It's it's so satisfying in the end. Like Totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, in between work and podcasts and all your other mm-hmm. obligations. Yeah. Wait. I know that's a big commitment. Like it took you a couple months to get through that one. Well, that's like why I play so many video games is because it's like a challenge. And like, I don't know if you know this, but sometimes my week of playing video games is spent attempting the same thing again and mm. again and again to try to achieve something very difficult. I get the payoff when I eventually get there and it doesn't feel to me like time wasted. So like uh, basically reading this book just took that time. Yeah I, yeah. I didn't play too many games, but like every time I just wanted to be compelled in that way. I'm the same way with Candy Crush, man. Sometimes I get stuck on a certain <laughs> level for three weeks and then when you beat it, it's like, yes. Yeah. I'm kidding. I deleted that shit. I had to cut myself off. Right. Because uh, sh- the sugar, the candy's not good for your stomach. Exactly. Anything related <laughs> to candy, I have to cut out of my diet entirely. <laughs> Day 50, unwillingly sober. Unwillingly sober. It's, yeah. Uh, let's get into it random banter scoring high on our survey loving it <laughs> people are loving when we go off yeah. topic random like, banter ooh, ooh, they're going off topic okay oh they're back on horror movies okay i'm done with this they yeah. just yeah they listen to like fishing podcasts too for the times that they talk about it. it's like hey have you ever had the wendy's sandwich the swish onion melt or whatever god i love when they talk fast food that's exactly why i listen to this podcast <laughs> exactly uh for scare and tell i watched the fog john carpenter's the fog nice dude because they had the 4k restoration playing at the royal best case scenario So went brought a couple friends who had never seen it before saw it on the big screen in all its sharp glory saw fog in better quality than i've ever (laughs) seen it Uh let me clarify the the smoke machine fog of course looks great and incredible but the kind of wide angle fog of it creeping into the bay yeah that that looks a little worse in in 4k it looks more like oh yeah they're clearly just holding a sheet of paper that they're just kind of pushing in frame <laughs> like a, closer and closer like, like a kid's play like yeah kind of exactly. waves or just like pieces of wood painted blue yeah exactly so that's that is the one i mean that's just kind of the positives and negatives of restoring and usually yeah. this way more positives but a few things don't translate so well and they require that lower quality to really help give it yeah. a creepy aesthetic totally we had the same issue yeah. when we were watching existence when yeah. i was showing you that one um some of the scenes that were just more pleasant to watch in vhs quality when it's not so sharp and dark yeah now we're suddenly fully lit and look obscure yeah. and cheap I would, I would go so far as to say the suspiria bat is one of those things <laughs> like the more you sharpen that image the worse it's gonna look <laughs> yeah yeah that's a that is a weird flaw in suspiria for sure <laughs> i can it, see this is like for, like you've had enough of this criticism it's tiresome. no no because it's a it's a frustration with argento as a whole it's his issue is he gets really excited by technology mm. so any kind of weird cool little technical tool it's it's it is both like 
his crowning glory at times and his fatal flaw. So when he's using mm-hmm. things like Technicolor, the last of the Technicolor film socks in Suspiria, pays off with huge results. Yes. When he like finds a cool little bat toy, it's a little bit of an issue. Yes. In the early <laughs> 90s, when he's like, wait, computers can make graphics. And he starts trying to use computer graphics for things because he's like, this is the next step in technology. Great. It's fucking awful. And it is so useless. But <laughs> for a few things, it's super cool. Sure. Okay. At least an ambition. Like... Okay, so at one point in Stendhal Syndrome, um, Ozzy Argento takes a pill, and for no reason, it, follows it, it down, shows right? the pill. Yeah, I've told you about this before. Yeah. It follows the pill down her throat, and it just looks like you're watching a Windows 95 screensaver. Like, it's just, yeah. like, why are you showing that clip? But at the time, it blew his mind. Sure. <laughs> oh, my God, that's what it would look like. Yeah, <laughs> but then you have, like, another great, like, um, bullet cam shot of some going through, like, someone's cheek. Oh, that's awesome. So, they're, yeah, plus a negative, and the hamster bat is, of course, one of the negatives. Uh, but yeah, the rest of the movie was so great to see, just so sharp. I mean, the the seafaring mariners, baddie pirate ghost people—they mm-hmm. look fantastic in this movie. Yeah, um, and yeah, I just I really do love this movie. It's probably in my top five Carpenter movies. Um, I just think it's such a great family horror movie and that's clearly what he was trying to do with this one like this is a pg rating the scares are never so scary there's not a drop of blood in the whole movie Hmm. um and it's really just oriented just around a solid ghost story even like the movie opens with um you know uh an older man telling younger children about kind of this ancient mythology of this person who was wronged out at sea and Mm -hmm. you know at 100 years later once again it's revenge get their revenge and then of course that's just what ends up happening and this fog rolls into the small town mm-hmm. the small town setting is wonderful everyone knows everyone um you've got the wonderful adrian barbeau on the microphone as the radio dj kind yeah. of narrating the series of events it's just a great time and it makes me want to raise kids just to be able to show them this one of those types of movies yes yeah. this is a movie that i think you know you're nine to eleven to twelve year old even that might be too old but like your younger children i think who want to watch a scary movie i think the fog is a perfect introduction that's great into the, horror movies yeah yeah that's like a that's a, a part of the genre that needs to be captured because horror is a great thing to introduce and i think a lot of people are maybe scared to introduce it to their kids yeah you know or like not knowing the effect it'll have i know that happened to me i saw a movie too young <laughs> yeah 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 and i've heard i've heard different opinions on this like i've heard some people who are horror heads um just show their kids kind of way more than i would have thought at a younger age like they get really into horror movies really quickly i've heard some also say like no the point of horror is rebellion like you need to you have to not let your kids see it that way they'll go off and watch it and it'll be this thing and that's how Uh, okay that's how as a horror fan parent you can foster a love of horror for your kids like it's not going to be the same if you allow them to see it yeah there's something taboo inherent in horror which i thought was an interesting perspective as well sure yeah i like that i mean the same thing applies like for my like upbringing like the simpsons was that way yeah same don't watch that because it's sinful (laughs) i wasn't allowed to watch it until we found out that the pastor of our church let his son who was my age watch it (laughs) the second that news came out in the vandenberg house oh chris is allowed to watch the simpsons now i was like hell fucking yeah that's awesome my uh <laughs> i wasn't allowed to watch it with my mom then my dad would come over to watch us some nights wow so you and had just you had that him. nice split in permission between yeah. parents you're like yeah. i can get this with this parent but not that parent well my dad just watched it for selfishly because he found it funny yeah and he's like i have to watch the kids so i'm gonna sit down yeah. and have a beer and watch the simpsons and he'd laugh his ass off totally yeah. good dad 
Uh, at the same time, I've noticed that like dads who love the Simpsons, like I'm thinking of some of my uncles, it's really kind of ingrained while it was like hilarious and great. It's kind of perpetuated or ingrained like this sense of identity for the man in a marriage and the woman in a marriage. Like, Oh yeah. This, like yeah. I'm, I'm a Homer. I can't be expected to do these kinds of things. Yeah, you know what, what I mean? mean? Like it might have this yeah. insidious effect of yeah, and I think reestablishing I, patriarchy in an interesting way. I, I think there's that and many, many similar shows that do the Ophi dad and the, you know, yeah. The, who has the job that supports everybody, the big house. Like they, they put that's, that's a pretty common like look at the family in, in a right. comedy like that. It's a family guy as well. Yeah. Family guy does that. Um, I mean, not even just cartoons. Like, I don't know why my first example is always King of Queens, but King of Queens and everybody loves oh, Raymond. King of Queens is like, the ultimate. Yeah. Similar like shows that were out at a similar time. We're yeah. also fostering that. Everyone loves that Raymond. Concept. Yeah. 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 Anyways. Yeah. That's the fog. Um, go check out the 4k cause it looks sharp and awesome. beautiful. And yeah, it's starring Hal Holbrook and Adrian Barbo who are also in creep show. Awesome. So that ties in nicely. Yeah, a lot of a lot of tie-ins happening in this one. Totally. I mean, there are knots everywhere. How are we gonna untangle this mess? I think you just live with it. You know, you see those people with just knots in their headphones and just listening to it. Mm-hmm. It's just like that's their life now. Bold choice. <laughs> yeah, it's like you look like a rat. And it's like ah, I can still hear it. I think there's like an acceptable amount of knots in your headphone cord. No. You know what I mean? No, there's no acceptable no amount acceptable? of knots in a cord ever. All right, we've we've got two perspectives here. We're you can have knots merits. in a rope. You can have knots in a string. Uh-huh. You can have knots in a cord. If I, in my headphones, if there's like one or two or three, just like knots, you know, throughout the line, it's not hurting anyone. It's not affecting anything differently. I'm not going to go out of my way to do it. It's when it starts to become like five or six, then I'm like, I got to step in. I got to intervene. Well, it's, uh, I mean, what you're breaking those little wires on the inside, like you're fraying, like you're stretching and then releasing, stretching, releasing the like plasticky coating. So eventually that can pop. Like, I mean, I don't know why this would ever happen, but I mean, if you have exposed wires, your device is on, it's warm, sitting on the carpet or on the bedspread or something, you've got an active wire that's exposed because... Oh yeah. I I wasn't even concerned about active wire as malfunctioning wire. Like I I hate, I hate when you have an earphone go out, which is inevitable. (laughs) That's yeah. If you've had a pair of earbuds for i'd say like two and a half months that's yeah. when one of them starts to go out yeah which is you know that's the same thing it's like it, you won't be able to hear your music in one headphone and maybe a fire or maybe just like a sliver of one of those like needle like wires just gets into your skin or something oh uh, yeah i'm not afraid of that but i I'm i just sure i can't not. even i can't even be bothered <laughs> like i'm not who cares these headphones are gonna go anyways yeah i i just remember like that being um, said we're both killing it right now yeah, we're doing, well, I mean, not free. That's a, that's a rule for you. It's for you. It's a and that, that came from like, um, video game controllers, mm. like, because when they broke, you just couldn't get more. Right. You didn't have any and money. Those are much more expensive than earbuds. Yeah. And those are precious. Those are fucking precious. Fair enough, Dave. This Dave and Christy. This, this Dave and Christy. We watched trick or treat. That makes perfect sense. What a perfect anniversary, <laughs> right? Yeah, totally. It's been a couple weeks or like a week and a half since Halloween. We're st- we still want more mm-hmm. of that Halloween spirit. Trick or Treat perfectly captures it. Trick or Treat. I've watched it this year. Like, I I am planning on it. Yeah, it's a little You're not Halloween. Not Halloween yet. Here in yeah. the past. I'm <laughs> back in the past. <laughs> Meanwhile, back in the past. Chris still might. It still has time. But yeah, yeah. I, I watched it this year. I fucking loved it. Mm-hmm. Like um, Jody saw it for the first time and it's now just definitely an every year thing. It just puts it's you perfect. in the mood. It's creepy. It's gross that like 
that like sweet dreams like cover that comes in when you they re- reveal that they're all uh werewolves in the uh, woods and, oh yeah you love that scene and the vampire well because the vampire guy's getting his justice at that moment mm-hmm. and it's just such a cool Feels good. and they're ripping off their skin and stuff like it's awesome yeah it, it held up when i saw that again it was just as like riveting i'm, I'm excited to, we're just digging up old dirt now i'm excited to rewatch it because that that i liked it but it didn't blow my mind the effects weren't that exciting uh, i definitely love the school bus one more Oh, that was great. That was great. But yeah. I mean, when you watch it again, like it's just so they're wearing suits and their faces are changing and there's like back like the spinal weird textured makeup mm-hmm. and they like several different versions of the prosthetic as they shoot this sequence of change. Yeah. And they're literally ripping off like skin with blood and stuff. It's awesome. Like gloves. I know that's it's I awesome. was going to say the exact thing against it that like I remember the effects just being like sliding off gloves and not that convincing, but I will revisit it. And because as a whole, I just love that movie. That it's sequence gets under my skin a little bit, but um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> and come on, Sam, fucking Sam. Sam in that here. battle at the end. Make that sequel. Totally. Trick or Treat needs a sequel. And it's like every year I feel like the little Sam character gets a little more popular and, you know, there, people have not forgotten that. Because no. what year was it? Like 2000... Uh, I don't even want to guess. I feel, I want to say seven. I, I was about to say seven. Yeah. Wasn't it like, I think um, it's 2007, but it was like a festival darling that just never got picked up for adequate distribution or okay. release. And then like with release on DVD way later, just right. like Poughkeepsie tapes, something yeah, that was yeah, like, yeah. like that movie is like 10 years old, but it just now is kind of getting its recognition. Yeah. So hopefully that will inspire enough. Cause like even that movie, I wouldn't like, I don't need returning actors. That would be great. Like a, an Adam green situation. Mm-hmm. Um, no, like, I'm I just, I just need Sam need sam and like a new sort of combined world anthology i think it's written man i think because i even saw a picture today about just like someone who was like um when are we getting trick-or-treat 2 and showing like or no no, it was remember that time trick-or-treat 2 was announced there was some kind of conference and there was a big screen graphic image of trick-or-treat 2 yeah so there was a moment where it was seemingly going forward and and people were excited about it Yeah. yeah but maybe not big enough yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, Creep Show seems like a great way to celebrate our one year anniversary of Trick or Treat. Awesome. It just I, seems I like agree. another way to do like to capture the Halloween spirit. Five yeah. nice tight films. Yeah, and uh we've we've got a good um back catalog at this point of Stephen King stuff and That's Stephen true. King discussion. So add it to the pile, baby. Happy to add it to the pile. All right. Let's get creepy and watch this show. I think that's a good ass idea, Chris Vandenberg. Cheers. Cheers. That was creep show. Oh man, so many cockroaches. That was so horrible. That was so horrible to watch. Yeah, that's an interesting thing that we learned about each other is that we're both equally repulsed by yeah. a massive amount of bugs. Yeah, yeah. Um, with Candyman, the opening sequence of Candyman with all those bees making sound. That's true. That yeah, that, that got me. That should have been a, like an indicator that that was your response to bugs. But for me, like. I don't feel that way towards bees. I know bees are just like it's, other bugs, but their their furriness makes them cute to me. I agree that a bee, a standalone one bee is cute. Yeah. A mass of bees that are moving so much that you can hear their little like individual ticks and clicks and stuff. Yeah. Of just like tapping on the side of the container they're in and each that other That negates stuff. any cuteness for that's you. just horrible. Like that means there's so many of it because that sound should be imperceptible. You see a bee walking on the wall, you can't hear it. Mm-hmm. 
you know but the fact that you can hear all of them like skittering and that's that's just brilliant sound design in game yeah oh geez totally that was just horrible and those cockroaches like that was an insidiously horrible presentation that was just so hard to watch i remember when i was a kid and part of cadets we had like a cadet sleepover or something like that just you know weird shit the kids maybe kids still do that kind of thing where you're just like your parents just hand you off to other adults for the night totally 100 (laughs) percent. i remember like begging to like go along to it yeah Yeah. to my friends thing like where your parents don't even know the parents and like of course go have fun yeah i mean like i you'd probably be stoked as a parent you're like oh fuck yeah a night with them out of the house yeah for my mom it's just something else to remember she had four kids to deal with right oh yeah just get one one less yeah mom i'm going out to the she's like great i didn't know you were here fine thanks (laughs) what who are you oh yeah right number four right four how did you get oh david (laughs) and at the sleepover they were showing a movie called mousetrap with nathan lane and matthew broderick from like late 90s do you know this one is this based on the mouse hunt mouse hunt i think it's called mouse hunt mouse oh yeah i know mouse hunt yeah yeah yeah. mouse hunt's the best okay i hate it yeah because when at the sleepover that was the only time i watched it First of all, for some reason, I had the liberty and cash just to go buy whatever candy I want. So I just, of course, you know, I'm six or seven, maybe eight, blew it all in Hubba Bubba, like Mm. a solid five pack of just Hubba Bubba. So I was just eating that shit all night, maybe even swallowing. I think you were probably swallowing because that's what I did. Hubba Bubba was like hard not to swallow. It had this taffy feel to it. They just needed to introduce us to Starburst. Yeah, that's what it was. That would have saved a lot of our intestinal issues. It was a gateway Starburst. (laughs) Yeah. But way worse for you. Yeah. And like more easily chewable. So yeah. I feel like you could consume more. So anyways, I'm just like eating Starburst like it's an edible thing. <laughs> or, sorry, eating bubble like it's an edible thing and starting to feel really sick and gross from it. You know, I'm on like pack number four. <laughs> <laughs> pack. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's horrible. And then the scene comes on in Mouse Hunt where they're at a restaurant. I think it's early on. And there's some cockroach got into like the lobster or something and the oh, family God. is eating do you remember this a little bit it's it's literally the only thing i remember about this movie and they're eating this food and then they realize that there was cockroaches in the lobster and the dad pukes on the table and pukes out a cockroach that has been bitten in half like a big big I cockroach this, yeah and then the two halves of the cockroach are scurrying around in the vomit as the two kids have their forks and are trying to catch the cockroach and stab them in place to have it like whack-a-mole yeah yeah and that and also the eyeball soup and temple of doom were yep. both like movies as kids that just viscerally made me sick jeez oh, like, that's so disgusting like for days i remember not being able to eat after seeing both of those things uh, yeah and so whenever i see cockroaches i'm reminded of that horror and they that, still they still are just the grossest thing that movie is disgusting because the thing that i remember from mouse hunt mm-hmm. is like they bring in the mouse hunting expert into their house and like there's like a mouse turd on the ground and they, he picks it up and it's like the camera's real close to his face and he stands up and he might even eat it does he i think he like touches his tongue to it touches his tongue or smells it something like that yeah, but yeah. like the camera's so close to it it goes like rises up from the ground you know right and he's just like got this little raisin so close to his face that is that is a gross movie gross movie cockroaches are gross i mean i'd be curious we should watch chronos sometime because that's like a buggy i don't want to now (laughs) i'd rather watch french extremity oh yeah that's a debate we had in that last (laughs) sequence is what's worse this or martyrs like would we rather watch people just getting tortured you know know what though it is much more likely that you're gonna get like infested with like twenty thousand cockroaches than it is that you're going to discover a 
trapped human in a house and then get trapped yourself and then be subjected to torture for a very long time. So maybe some part of us is like it heightens that fear or disgust the cockroaches because we know those things are out there. I've had cockroach problems in previous apartments. Luckily, they're just the tiny German cockroaches here in Canada (laughs) for some reason. Yes. But they're like the little skinny ones, like those New York giant cockroaches. Like too much, dude. I couldn't couldn't go to my house if I had those things. They're too big. I don't really like talking about this, but um, to get it out of the way to conclude this whole thing is like it was a fun enough thing to watch a great little set, fun little music, whatever. But it might have been been my favorite one. I think it might be my favorite. The Uh, the cockroach one. Tom Savini's makeup effect at the end with the Mm. bugs like like exploding from his body. Uh huh. Oh, I hated it, but it was so fucking insane. That's like one of those like 10 out of 10 horror gifs right you just like post that as a meme somewhere oh you've seen that before i haven't but that's what it is looking what it at would it look like, like yeah, yeah the effects there are stunning like it's horrific man i so i i did appreciate some of the skin bursting stuff especially when it was like just a trickle of blood and then like the elevated skin yeah but there was a moment where they just cut to the dummy like where it went from the oh, actor to the dummy yeah and that just kind of like peeled back the curtain a little bit and maybe it's because this is the recently restored version of creep show so everything potentially we're seeing more... this dummy in like high definition yeah whereas it would have been a little more obscured yeah you can kind of like the i don't remember what one it was or what movie we watched but like a, i feel like a werewolf or some monster or something like took a bite that looked like cake out of somebody's shoulder or like a zombie did that oh yeah that was dawn of the dead dawn of the, the stairwell okay. yeah so like it savini's effects kind of like you can see it there like people look like cake you know mm, yeah. like when the the baboon thing is attacking people like him when the cockroach cockroaches come out of his body like people look like they're made out of cake that's his take on skin yeah yeah or i mean like the body's coming apart like it's great no, 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 to film you're right that. it looks like um fondant fondant, like looks, yeah, fondant totally. on cake the way that it kind of bursts open that's maybe that's what he uses like the, maybe that's exactly 100 percent what it is yeah. but yeah he, he's very food based in his like special effects <laughs> what i like to eat my effects after <laughs> i do them sue me <laughs> or i like to make effects out of my leftovers <laughs> that's exactly how maniac happened thank goodness <laughs> yeah totally so i mean um that effect i just really appreciated it i was like gross that's fucking mm-hmm. awesome way to end if you're gonna end a bug thing somebody erupting like a vol- bloody volcano of bugs is the way to do from it. within yeah absolutely right. i totally agree and he had a field day and quite a variety of different effects to conquer in this movie like yeah just the, like how you would even go about tackling this like looking at all five of them and how different the kinds of effects you'll have to do like okay in this one you need some kind of like growth green growth coming off of stephen king's yeah. face it's oh, like i'm God. sorry did you say yeah. stephen king's face <laughs> um what was the, all that that you just said we need vegetable growths yeah. to come off of Stephen King's face. And that wacky ass short was probably my second favorite one. I'm going to agree wholeheartedly <laughs> with you, dude. We're in sync on this one. Like what is like just to get Stephen King to play such a goofy heightened character. Like a Jim Carrey yeah. performance. I mean, the tone that I was getting from the first two shorts, which wasn't really consistent for the ones that followed. No. Was that like it reminded me kind of of Mars Attacks and that it was going for like a heightened kind of cheese that maybe made yeah. you think of like 50s sci-fi kind of movies it did have that sort of you know vintage feel to it yeah and and the the delivery yeah 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 and like in the performances especially stephen king and the way that even the shots were framed it was really leaning into the ham and trying to like amplify it and make it fun and goofy and silly and not maybe i could sell this 
Oh my god. Mama didn't raise no fool. Oh, someone yeah. someone we know there are Stephen King heads out there. Someone let us know was this deep in the cocaine phase cuz yeah. it would explain that incredible performance. Or just explain it to us. What ha- what <laughs> is going on with Stephen King at this moment? Cuz that was just R- writer of all these stories. Yeah. And I mean, so it was like really silly as it begins and I'm just like this is the on-screen Stephen King. All right, this is a big letdown. <laughs> but then as it went on a little bit, like I, I brought this up while we were watching, but like kind of giving me feelings of the ruins with the plant matter, like growing on his clothes and stuff. Yeah, nice little bio horror. <clears throat> Which like, I mean, visually, like it seems like um, they must have been inspired by this in some way because like, again, it's that green patchy mold look almost on the clothes specifically. Yeah. Like that was so interesting. And then, yeah, it's like growing out of his face like a beard, like moss. Totally. Totally. like like annihilation as well like any kind of these like human yeah. growth and and um what was that novel i read earlier this year at the beginning of the year born by jeff vandermeer okay same, same oh yeah kind of thing jeff, People are yeah, like, yeah. and he wrote annihilation he did which annihilation is, yeah. so i mean yeah i bet that was probably an early inspiration i can't think of like an earlier one where nature is kind of merging with humans in such a concrete way yeah yeah exactly that's it's really, really the effect of that and yeah. how like much they show of the house and how it's like the progression of that alone totally. is an achievement. Yeah. And it was a, it was a choice that they made to clearly, um, not show like visual growth and just kind of cut and show you yeah. the steps, you know? And that's, that's probably a smart thing. Like maybe they tried playing with claymation and things and yeah. just being like, look, this isn't panning out, but I thought it was pretty effective and like a good decision to make to just show the growth yeah. of different and have those cool spiky green things that brought to mind splinter of course yeah totally they the way that they just have that it's like, like pine needles almost is what yeah, it looked yeah. like yeah, yeah yeah but i think they did they made the right decision because yeah. we see in the ruins we see like the effect that they have with them like pushing in of the walls and the moving of the vines to give them this sort of like it's a very unique take mm-hmm. i don't think they would have had those like, resources those resources back then so like showing it in, in like progressive cuts mm-hmm. because there's so many of them there's like a thousand it just keeps going cut cut know, cut cut and it's progressing progressing and then just to have this goofy farmer loner yeah. just like shitting all over himself like oh you've done it again yeah jerry uh what was his name it's a stupid name his name was yeah jerry v jerry and i just wrote v i don't know what the v stood for jerry v yeah no and i mean i like that rock i was sad that that rock kind of dissipated the way it did i wanted to see where that was gonna go or what that was gonna do yeah apparently it's just a plant growing thing which is crazy because then that final shot of it it like you know zooms or or like pans to like the road and you can see like the proper it's exceeded the property and everything love it like that's great that's a perfect short just to kind of tease like this abysmal Mm. future like the world's fucked now this growth is coming for everyone and everything fast it's like if stephen king wasn't in that and didn't do that performance yeah and didn't write it with that weird voice and cadence this would be like one of the greats as far as shorts are concerned Mm -hmm. it's just so dumb like i didn't care like and, and the jokes didn't like totally help yeah you know i laughed i did laugh the most in that one i had a great time but like but it was silly versus what was happening it was just kind of cutting down how interesting the rest of it was i know and that just kind of is like a larger issue i have with the movie as a whole is and i know this is a very beloved thing and i think i think a lot of people really 
watch this one on cable like from what i've heard of people who are kind of a generation before us or even 10 years older than us yeah this is one that kind of played a lot on tv mm-hmm. and so a lot of people just had early access like when they were younger they would watch cuts of this on television fair enough and yeah. it made kind of an impression that way it does seem yeah like a bit of a seasonal like gimmicky treat yeah what mm-hmm. like watching this fresh in 2018 it's mm-hmm. it's hard to really kind of find or understand that silly tone and because it's not really consistent like i feel like all the actors are acting in different kinds of movies totally from short to short and even within the same shorts totally 100 percent, i agree with that um so then we have even and yeah i'll just say after that stephen king short after the green one i was like okay this one like i did not think that that would be my second favorite like after that (laughs) ended i'm like okay that was kind of silly and weird but maybe we'll step up and oh they did not get much better than that okay yeah um yeah yeah What, what would be the third best for you after that one I think the uh, the beach one. The tide. That's yeah. what I put yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah, totally. Jeez, man, we're killing the this is, synchronicity on this. Yeah, it's been a while since we like lined up for one of those good old fashioned. Yeah, uh, usually, usually there's a couple off. Usually, it's not too dramatically different. Yeah, I think maybe the biggest one was trick or treat. I think we had like inverted favorites yeah, and least favorites. Totally different. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, okay, tied number three. Yeah, so I mean, again, this one mostly the performances were, I guess, fun enough to follow, but like the dialogue and what they were saying in between was just like you could tune out it was fun seeing leslie nielsen play a bad guy it was yeah right? that was great um but i mean like he was supposed to be crazy and quirky which i guess was fine but i found it a little bit flat overall as far as like the storytelling was concerned yeah but then like the payoff of the effect at the end like the prosthetics that they were wearing the gunshots going into those weird creepy waterlogged demons that's all it had yeah. going for it really yeah that is definitely true and and a few moments that i thought were like a compelling setup of a sequence like burying these two people and up to their necks uh-huh. a shot you loved of him hopping in the hole yeah <laughs> get in and he hops down and you imagine it's going to be like up to his shoulders but no he's just going to make him kneel yeah right so he just jumps in like, and by him we mean ted danson pre-cheers <laughs> right ted danson jumps into this little hole like when someone jumps into the water terrified that they're going to drown and then it's just like knee deep mm-hmm. and they go wow it was like that. It was really funny. Yeah, but even like I didn't care about any of the characters. No. Like when just like they're buried, they're trapped, they, they cut to his wife who's also trapped. I'm like, yeah. I don't care. Like I'm not attached to any of these. You did it, not clearly deliver any kind of yeah. relational conflict. For when we get to it, exactly the same with the Father's Day one. Like I yeah, just didn't yeah. give a shit about any of them. It was just like a pick them off. And that one I didn't love the effect. We'll get to it. Yeah, we will. Um, But yeah, so it does the the beach one Mm -hmm. does for me end up on the like it's pretty creepy to like watch he's buried and he's watching the video of her his his wife Mm -hmm. right um wife further down the beach yeah further down the beach kind of in a more dangerous position like she's Mm -hmm. a little more progressed as far as the tide's concerned and like elaborate power cables yeah he he drove a big long cable out on two spools like that Uh, was very silly before any kind of wireless phone yeah (laughs) and then he um so he's watching the tv of that happening to her and then the tide's rolling in and the tv sparks out and breaks like i thought that was a pretty high stakes moment although again i didn't care about anybody but like i was like oh this is a good this is a good predicament to find your yeah protagonist. and then they just both die that's awesome like mm-hmm. that the evil man just kills them and then a fun underwater shot of ted yeah. danson's head just like <laughs> yeah that was gasping great for air. and then that re- red light behind his head for some reason yeah yeah they love that red and blue light in this that's the that's how they establish well, consistency throughout the whole yeah movie. It, it seems like it was like used as a tool to disguise the tom savini blood effect of this one mm. like which they blast you with that red and blue light they totally and then do just dump what looked to me like water, water. 
Yeah. Um, Blood has that real. I know. Just slightly more thick and viscous than water. But blood realism in film really doesn't come for a while. Like that's That's only something in the last couple decades that we've really nailed and made look convincing. Yeah. But I mean like props to them. That effect looks good in the moments. It's a good way to mask it. Yeah. yeah, The moments it's not screwed up. Like when it's going down the guy's like shirt, the Mm -hmm. way that like water changes the color on a tan shirt, it looks like blood. It looks like a colored substance. Yeah. But the, then the way that after that it went over like a component of the crate itself, you could see like that it was just water. It didn't. As it was running color. down his shirt. Yeah. It's yeah. Like blood does not just <clears throat> soak up your shirt this quickly. Yeah. Down. So, I mean, you could tell as like <laughs> as they lingered on it a little too long. Uh, <laughs> but initially it looked really good i want someone to make a supercut of all the time we've criticized just blood effects i Dude. bet there's a full episode worth of us just ranting about how blood looks Dude, love at the end of this whole wild experiment we're doing just put together a blood episode yeah that'd be that'd be fantastic so yeah there are lots of ingredients that i liked in in that one i would have loved more yeah. like i even love the stupid house and like the cool little like oh, buttons with yeah. <laughs> the painting he's watching security monitors drinking his vodka kind of like negotiating with the other guy on the camera is like, I'm going to come back and get you. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, see you. See about yeah. that. Let's see you try. Like that. That don't was weird your and strange. Yeah. 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 Don't hold your breath. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can. And then him like kind of losing it and ultimately burying himself. There's something good and interesting there. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that driven to insanity thing to do the same punishment. So I really like the potential of that of that short yeah and and again the effects the the prosthetics on people you like those those? people oh yeah that was awesome their lips and noses and stuff Mm -hmm. but the way that when they spoke it you didn't see some clear you know like obvious prosthetic on their face that was like bending their lips weird or whatever when you do stuff like that it usually looks bad he was clearly going for corpse underwater for yeah uh it's a couple months even yeah. though it had only been a day and yeah even though it had been like less than 24 hours <laughs> just overnight and you gotta throw um, some seaweed on there and yeah it was just like in um is it sleepaway camp where the kid is just eviscerated by bugs and snakes and stuff overnight and snapping turtles oh yeah absolutely those turtles just went to town on him and the bees in the canoe right yeah yeah in the canoe um yeah, but I like the way um, that the the prosthetics looked on their face as they did facial acting. And then I love the gunshots going into their head and mm-hmm. that purple, like, watery blood. And the sound effect of their voice, like, being, like... Gurgly. Gurgly and underwater. Like, there's water in the, in the throat, yeah. Yeah, I, I like that. And that all of that stuff kind of failed for me in um, the, the Father's Day one. Yeah, absolutely. And this one, unfortunately, just because it's such an iconic image of Creepshow, I think it's even like a DVD cut, a DVD cover yeah. of it. Just that image of her with the candles on her head. Like I knew that was coming the whole time. Like yeah. once I set up the cake thing, I'm like, okay, I, I know where this is yes. going to go. I don't know how powerful of an effect it would have had otherwise, but this this one suffered from... And it was it's kind of a poor choice to start with, I think. I don't know I agree. if I would order. But you just have like fucking five minutes of exposition of backstory, family yeah. history, kicking it off, which is not a good way to kind of get you no. in the mood. You know, I think there would have been way quicker, shorter ways to write all of that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's something like patient and slow about it. Like mm-hmm. there was this big long sequence of like sound as he's demanding his cake, which is like real oppressive. And it's not like a fun way to get excited about yeah. the discomfort. And of I the was, movie. I was genuinely just hating of that <clears throat> yes. gr- grandfather figure. Yeah. That's... Yeah. I just, I really hated him. <laughs> like it wasn't compelling. It was annoying. Get him out of here. But it's like, <laughs> yeah, they're all dependent on him. He's got him psychologically. Yeah, and then he results 
the grandfather kills her husband on a hunting trip by an accident. By accident. Yeah, and I'm putting this together because we talked about it out loud as we watched yeah, okay, it. Okay, wait, what's that? Just let's sort this out because they threw a lot of information yeah. in this real quick. I'm like, if, if this is what it's going to be like, let's at least make sure we understand them as we go through. But then the booze on the grave, which I don't think is causal, but the way that they ordered the scenes just implied Jim it. Beam brought him back <laughs> to life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But again, I, li- I like seeing that skeleton. I like that he was like a mix of clumpy dirt yeah. and like, like pieces of flesh and black forest chocolate cake. Sure did the way that the dirt worked, sure but then did. that one, the prosthetic on the face, like it looked like a Halloween mask moving up and down, like a like it was being puppeteered, totally, rather than a prosthetic that looks like a face with a on functional a mouth that isn't like bending or you know what I mean. And yeah. it's hard to hear what he was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I still thought it worked though. Like I did like watching yeah. it, and just because it is a skeleton, like a skeleton would be more puppet esque like that. Yeah, but you, okay, but then so a skeleton's jaw is like a rigid bone right mm-hmm. but this is looking like a silicone like oven mitt you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. like those it's bending you can yeah. see the actual part of the bone bending up and down like right. the yeah the the point of articulation on a puppet yeah that that stands out as an effect i i liked it i like that it was like usually when you see a skeleton it's just you know the skeleton straight up you don't usually see it kind of filled with dirt yeah, like that and, like the fact like that a, it had density and mass and clothes like and clothes like tattered clothes over time. like i mean I, yeah. I did think it was unique i applaud tom savini for the look of the thing sure yeah but it's like then whatever she goes around kills some people uh, good uh, like, good neck twist kill i did like when he killed yeah, the, sna- the cracks her head off yeah just like a full 180 degrees no snap mm-hmm. no crack just dirt. just turns like a lazy susan yeah but it honestly, it just kind of made me miss the opening one of Trick or Treat when they've taken yeah. the heads for the pumpkins. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's just a more satisfying, punchy end. This one just, I don't know, it didn't. It was not satisfying. It didn't have that no. same. And I mean, when it changed kick. in that moment, when it changed to the comic book image, I thought it looked awesome. I thought that's a great comic book reveal. Mm. <laughs> but it's a horror. It's just maybe in, in 1980s, it's not the best movie reveal. Yeah. Maybe you can stage that better. So, that, right. you know. You take off the top of the platter or something rather than they open a door and he's holding a head cake. Totally. And I just, I, again, I did not find any of those characters interesting. No. Just whining and moping about, like, not really compelling. There was yeah. some of the way that some of those rooms were set up and framed and lit was kind of fun. Like, when they yeah. kind of got the dance music going and they're moving around and you're like, what's, yeah. what's going to happen from here? A little bit. But overall, yeah. Uh, that's all I got to say on that one. Yeah. That one was my favorite, obviously. And then the last one was the longest, most meandering one, I think, yeah. that I felt was like a lot of different weird ideas <clears throat> in one. Yeah, it was, this one was a clusterfuck. Um, so there's a crate. This is, this is the crate one. Mm-hmm. There's a big crate from the 1800s. We got a man who's dreaming about killing his wife. From the Arctic. From the uh, Yes, it's an Arctic crate. Yeah. <laughs> an Arctic expedition, they say. Yeah, that for some reason is Which in this guy's... Uh, work at the at the university under, right yeah under some stairs at the school yeah 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 <laughs> where, where arctic crates usually are stored that's where you store them for a hundred years <laughs> i gotta start looking under stairs for <laughs> these uh weird uh ice baboons is that what we landed on this yeah. thing was it's an evil ice baboon but it's not too like feral in that it likes its crate it wants to go back to its yeah. crate at the it's end been in there a hundred years you're a little attached to that point yeah it's like it's just like any other vicious little creature in its den unless you jump throw out it, and grab you yeah unless you throw it into a body of water in which case it's like well i'd rather be alive than drown so then it'll bust out of its crate 
and you'll get a title card yeah but like <laughs> it, it it wasn't that scary or fun looking of a creature i found i think the teeth mm. were pretty cool teeth but. were great i liked the i liked the look of the eyes but i mean yes not enough because then when it was a person in a suit it was like the same size as other people like it jumped on this one the one dude who was under the stairs and then he crawled most of the way out with no like scratches or gashes on him and then got dragged back in and killed mm-hmm. like it the physicality of the acting in that moment didn't give me the sense that it was a dangerous creature no and just the way it only looked good in those like quick again very 80s looking like reveals with a black background of just yeah. the glowing eyes it, yeah there it was not really great at building suspense like yeah. the, the one time it was when is when they're first opening the crate initially that was like a good yeah. kind of scene you're like hey what's it, where this where is this going but then like i would have gone just having the thing on the loose and then having them looking around in the yeah. rooms and like that would that would at least create suspense totally. as opposed to a thing that's in the crate is there and then they're going to it yeah like that just it, i wasn't it wasn't fun enough to be fun. It wasn't scary enough to be scary. It was just one of those. Yeah, that was a background piece, too, to the fact that this guy is, like, cleaning up after everybody's corpses yep. or whatever. So, eventually, he can get rid of his wife. That's basically Yeah, which they're, like, very heavy-handedly teasing yeah. the whole way through of him. <laughs> These weird fantasy sequences. I mean, yeah. honestly, entertaining. the most excited I was in this movie was when I thought the short was going in that weird direction. Totally, me when too. he shot his wife and everyone was applauding him, I'm like, Hell oh, great, what shot. the fuck is this? Yeah. yeah. Like, I just wanted more of that warped reality. Yeah. But, of course it didn't have the guts to lean into something that strange. Yeah. And then even when it, he wakes up from that, then there, you can tell there's a moment where he's like, he just got this daydream. Like yeah. if I kill her, people will cheer for me. And you wonder if like, he's loose enough, you know, uh, unhinged enough to do to it. Follow through and then it. you get the real world reaction, you know, like the, like the voices back and forth, like what he sees when he's on medication, when he's not Yeah, like kind of like that, like he sees it as being like everyone claps for mm-hmm. him, but then he, does it like that's kind of what i thought would happen too i just want a nope. world of those weirdos i want a world oh, awesome. that are applauding them killing each other that's fun Had i'm thinking like to it back to sleepaway camp angela's mom like i just want a world oh, of characters yeah. like that you yeah. know what i mean where they're just responding to horrific acts in strange weird ways yeah yeah yeah. and that. that'd be great for a short but not this short apparently yeah and like they get out like the grandmother from get out and Hal Holbrook is like an Oscar nominated actor. So he's just like, he seems so out of place in how kind of grounded and serious he's been compared to like the hijinks of all the other performances. Right, yeah. It's also really fun in this movie to see like bad early acting from people like Ed Harris. Oh, geez, that was hilarious. From people like Ted Danson. Like just as they're, oh, these are some early screen credits for them. So they're, yeah. they're not comfortable in front of a camera as yeah. they will be as we come to know them now. Yeah, as you know, some hair is shed by our yeah. old ed ed less hair ed hairless <laughs> <laughs> yeah what was that so the gr- it, the crate yeah the crate so yeah long and meandery is right like that didn't land on one sort of thing to focus on and enjoy mm-hmm. um I'm, and, I'm really curious from our listeners to like comment on our instagram posts and let us know what your favorite shorts are from this yeah totally that'd be great yeah i want to see how that compares to ours yeah because i yeah. do i really do love the plant one thinking about it Mm-hmm. It's so dumb, but like the effect was so good. The effect is fun. And just seeing, seeing the King of Horror, Stephen King, yeah. just do like go f- full force, bonkers, silly, strange yeah. role. Like he's definitely trying to do just weird silliness. Yeah. I, re- I really so got fun a, to watch. a Jim Carrey vibe from him, from his performance in that one. Right. And if you look at it that way, it's just sure. Let him, totally. be, a, let him be a silly man. That's fine. I didn't expect that at all from him, mm-hmm. but like that was a pretty... 
almost almost refreshing yeah like in retrospect i actually i really like the wraparound because we had um tom atkins mm-hmm. who was just in the fog that i watched in halloween three yeah, yeah. season of the witch just a wonderful wonderful actor uh usually has a and like escape from new york at the john carpenter once usually has this incredible mustache it's not present oh, here it's no, not no, present in the one. fog look he looked kind of weird too yeah but i just i didn't maybe it's a mustache <laughs> he needs a mustache i think he does he absolutely does uh he's like him as the asshole father with that snot-nosed kid is yeah. hilarious yeah like i could have spent a little more time in that <laughs> in that world and family uh, yeah, just ridiculous just one of those um horror movie tropes where you look at like the killer it flashes back to their childhood and they're getting abused comically by one of their parents you know sometimes it's so fucking ridiculous Mm -hmm. like slaps him and he immediately has like the red hand mark on his face yeah and he's just still fighting back like no give me back my comic yeah 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 It, it was i thought somewhat dumb but then when we came back to it I was happy to be there, but that was probably a testament to just the other shorts that we had to watch. Yeah, maybe. And that one was just simple. It wasn't mm-hmm. confusing us. Uh, one point that you made when we were watching it, which is very great and true, is that how like this this collection of shorts is kind of like George Romero being like, okay, but how can I put a zombie in here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's always reasons. So if he we go through almost got in every one of them. Almost every with not including the wraparound, we had, so for um, the birthday party one, yes. Father's Dad's Day, yes. Zombie. Yeah. Dad's a zombie. Yeah um for the stephen king one uh, i guess he himself is kind of like a zombie-esque figure when he's going greenish kind of turns into a bit of a zombie monster there uh-huh he's like i'm, I'm already dead yeah unquestionably had water zombies in the tide uh-huh. episode water zombies uh uh and then like the effect of the skin bursting open is kind of brings to mind zombies from the cockroach one yeah totally <laughs> and then what are we left with the the crate which oh actually we had some amazing savini effects in that too when he's killing the one guy who goes in too far yeah it's like first he like bites his face and then he slashes it yeah he bites like the side of his his ear off and that's really gross tons of blood and then yeah scratches yeah and then blood comes down from those scratches fresh right when they happen absolutely looks awesome yeah a little thicker blood would have been nice but yeah. i'm i'm so happy we yeah. watched this movie if anything for the savini effects like always totally the savini effects floated the movie and mm-hmm. was the best part about it except for stephen king we should watch his uh night of the living dead sometime that he made in 1990 <laughs> hell directed yeah directed and did the makeup like Dude, what the hell's that savini has earned his place on this podcast and anytime really any place we just you know we we have our seasons of heroes mm-hmm. and we should almost like have um we should uh, like inaugurate uh like a like a hall of fame or something yeah like a like a horror horror um actor or producer or work like what's some term like some general horror creator of the month or something like that that out out of all the movies we watched that month just be like this is the one that we want to elevate sure sure okay like a role you know what i mean we can workshop like what exactly the name for that i know (laughs) that role is yeah let's think about it yeah yeah that's a good idea we got some we got some folks to honor we do and yeah we just we just go on real crazes of certain ones like mm-hmm. we did mike flanagan for a while we we still need to do a few more mike flanagan movies we've done four totally yeah i think we're gonna always continue we'll probably do every one of his movies we'll get to him eventually yeah, yeah. i mean we only have absentia and oculus left i think and everything he makes from here on out yeah which we'll do immediately like, yeah. don't even worry about that <laughs> yeah we'll see dr sleep right away that's totally. what you should read next man shining and dr sleep Ooh, that's a good idea. Because Doctor Sleep's coming out in, I think it's not even till like next January. Uh, give me maybe. Uh, give me some time. I'll give you time and enough time to like with me and Hill House 
distance yourself from the novel so you can right. just watch it and enjoy it more you'll recall the differences yeah. but it won't drive you crazy that's good thinking yeah. where you're just like oh this dialogue's different yeah but i want to do dark tower mm. is that it is that multiple volumes or yeah, just another it's multiple it's a lot which huh? is basically like i can't get my tome so i'll right get a series instead <laughs> <laughs> there must be editions where they all come together i hope so i'll just get that it's like this 2000 page huh yeah but a lot, i mean a lot of you, king left to read man yeah but i mean i also like when i was young i did the, those crazy thick harry potter books so mm-hmm. I, mean, I felt like those just flew by yeah they're like 60 point font mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah they're essentially large reading <laughs> one large <sided> text pages <laughs> yeah pictures abound yeah and then just like that middle section where it's just 150 blank pages <laughs> that you can journal. draw in yeah you can draw, draw your favorite witch yeah <laughs> should we go to some instagram comments instagram, instagram comments we have a comment here on our Candyman post um from underscore gus underscore rock underscore as a horror movies fan i don't like this one sorry jack-o'-lantern emoji that's too bad i guess this, i guess we probably all have what are considered classics that we don't personally like as much yeah totally fine like even to zoom out a little bit like i don't love doll movies you don't love zombie movies like yeah so it's there's a good chance that Gus the Rock classics, doesn't like b movies he doesn't like good movies <laughs> <laughs> um uh, so yeah he, he's a horror movies fan he says that yeah so plural yeah he's like a that, fan of more than one yeah, yeah more than just it follows no he likes um, babadook as well <laughs> yeah so i mean that's fine but i mean like it's it's mirrored by i'm gonna double up on this one we got um oh yeah Fräulein monster 13 i love candy man thumbs up emoji b emoji honeypot emoji a lollipop emoji candy emoji chocolate bar emoji which is great i don't think yeah. there were chocolate bars in the movie i think everything else was there yeah but I mean, st- I appreciate the enthusiasm. Yeah. And we haven't seen Candyman sequels. So maybe this is... Fräulein was like, I need one more emoji in there. Is there a chocolate bar? <laughs> or again, maybe they're in sequels. Maybe there's chocolate uh, bars in oh, Candyman sequels. Oh, shit. Chocolate Man. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, it's like, we. I think we get this on probably every single post. Someone going like, oh, this classic. I don't like this one. Thank you very much. Pass. Snooze fest. It's, it's almost like somebody's like just they're like one of those yelp reviewers who are just driving through town it's like better yeah. go into this place and review it mm-hmm. they here's my thought because you guys were about to ask yeah so i really like this one more more constructive posts would be nice um, yeah i feel like it, like if, even the way that our instagram is structured is like it should catch your eye if you like it yeah not to specifically go like why don't you go out of your way and if you don't like it just be like ah, oh, what didn't work for me was just be a little more specific instead of like an umbrella term mm-hmm. and use a little less underscores yeah Three is too many for friggin' Gus Rock. <laughs> we got another comment here from the almost only D dot Nicole dot Steel. <laughs> that's a said, good. That's a good handle. Yeah, much better. M- like less underscores, and it's working for you, Nicole. Mm-hmm. Watch the new Sabrina at Texas Savesaw. It's really well done and dark, not cheese like Riverdale, which I liked at the beginning, but it lost me halfway through. Okay, this this comment speaks to me. This is somebody who seems to be right on my page because Riverdale, not my stuff, not interested. And the fact that like I heard about Sabrina as something that was going to be an extension of or rolled into Riverdale. And I was like, ugh. so to hear somebody go like, 
you guys have talked about Sabrina a lot on your podcast at this point. Um, the new one is, yeah, the new one is we've had two long discussions after the Chainsaw Noise about (laughs) the Sabrina series. Yes, yes, yes. But only Um, one about the new Netflix one. Correct. Um, so it's like hearing somebody go like, Hey, you guys maybe like the old one. You guys Mm -hmm. maybe don't like Riverdale. Here's why you should check. No, that's a very helpful comment because I, I am enticed by it. I think some of the trailers and images I've seen look dark. Looks creepy. I am hearing mixed things. I hear some people say they really like it. Like Nicole, I'm, I'm hearing other people complaining about some visual elements like apparently there's like a kind of weird glossy blurry instagram filtery type thing that Uh, is on a lot of the shots and scenes okay but i'm still more compelled to want to check it out from the more positive comments yeah i'm totally game to check it out that's that's where i see yeah. it it seems, and it seems like just a fun take on sabrina like i'm happy that we're not getting another comedic teenage like no yeah do something different joke show this do something yeah. different creep out some teenagers in a mild way that's fun yeah and um in regard to the cheese i mean shows like this might tend to be more effective even in their first season it'll be interesting to see sure. if it can sustain this without yielding to that riverdale temptation of cheese a few seasons yeah. in just like nicole is complaining about riverdale itself yeah, totally. Hopefully, you can keep it up. But it sounds like yeah. to me, sounds like Nicole got through it and liked it. So thanks, Nicole, and thank you so thanks much. underscores. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, we've had another good old fashioned fun time here on the Texas Chris Dave Saw Massacre. Uh, my name is David Stonebra. My name is Chris Vandenberg. And as always, chaos reigns. Chaos reigns. Chaos reigns. Chaos reigns. Cockroaches are gross. Gross. Chaos Chaos reigns. Yuck. Ugh, gross.